It is Monday, February 3rd, 2020, the day after the Super Bowl, and the Kansas City Chiefs are champions of the football world. Coming up, we'll talk about what the ceiling is for Patrick Mahomes, we'll react to Shakira and JLo's halftime show, plus we'll draft the NBA All-Star Game rosters. You won't want to miss it. All that and more, this is The Tune-Up. Welcome on into the show. My name is Denny Gallagher, and I am joined by the snare campaign provocateur, Mr. Don't Be Fooled by My Ability to Rock. I'm still Benny from the block. It's Benny Horowitz. What's up, dude? I wish, I wish you could only see the block that I was referring to. It's not, not quite the same one as the song, you know? You know, I, I, I couldn't tie it into anything from your career, but the Super Bowl yesterday, Jennifer Lopez, I'm sure, turned some boys into men yesterday. 50 years old. God bless him. Unbelievable. Goodness Unbelievable. gracious. Goodness gracious. But how are you, dude? What's happening? Well, I, I had a good weekend. I celebrated my anniversary. Oh, wow. Uh, 11 years with my wife. 11. And oddly, we... Uh, so, so when my wife and I met, I was a homeless person. Um, not, you know, living on the streets, but touring so much that I didn't pay rent anymore, <laughs> had a storage space. And whenever I was around, I either... Crash normally at one of the motels on Route 18 or at my, my, my brother's floor. Right. And when he had a baby, that got a little trickier. <laughs> so so uh, I had a show many, many years ago. My band Spiro Agnew, which is a, um, a, a sort of stoner metal band that I did with Alex from Gaslight. And we had a basement show in New Brunswick. And, and this new girl I was dating, I said, would you like to come down to the show? So she took a train to New Brunswick. And uh, this was right when I started making like a little bit of money. And I'm like, this is going really well. I'd love to like, would you like to stay at the, the, the Hyatt with me tonight? And the Hyatt, if you don't know, in New Brunswick back in those days was like the lap of luxury. <laughs> you know, there was yeah. nothing nicer in town. You had a pool, you had a jacuzzi, you know what I mean? Just normal amenities that the Motel 6 did not have. <laughs> um, so I went gangster and I did two nights at the Hyatt and it's where we fell in love and uh now every year around this time in the weekend we we take a we take a night at the hyatt oh that's yeah that's beautiful sweet right yeah yeah get you a hyatt guy listen listen this, this is not an ad by the way don't i i'm a uh, <clears throat> i am a, in a rewards program now just uh if you do hear this use the promo code <laughs> benny <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i'll take a hyatt sponsorship that's cool uh, they've probably done something horrible but yeah it, it's nice didn't you didn't know i was such a romantic did no you? i didn't yeah so, i mean i mean i've i've heard the songs i get it <laughs> how about you you good yeah it was good super bowl was fun i uh what was on your super bowl menu since we always kind of talk about what you've been eating my menu yesterday bananas but i want to hear what you were eating yesterday oh my you don't want to hear mine is is so <laughs> no lentils crunchy and annoying it's just not even worth talking about it was mostly coffee let's oh, just say that huh. how about you what did you get into all right there's a great barbecue place right down the street got some ribs kansas city barbecue got that covered i always like to cover the teams that are in the super bowl in the oh, spread I see. okay so got some wine Shout out to Napa okay, Valley, okay. A little cheap bread and some and and some barbecue. Had had to get it all on, on lockdown. That's and nice. A bunch I of like... other football food, you know, you know, some cheese, kind of giving a little bit more favoritism to San Francisco because it's a little bit easier to. Uh, but yeah, yeah, man, I like the regional element. That's yeah. a fun take. And I, I was trying to think yesterday what what would be the worst city to have in the Super Bowl in terms of the menu. And there's there's pretty good food cities in the NFL. I mean, my, my first reaction goes up to the places that don't really have recognizable food. Like Jacksonville. Like Jacksonville, or like, which is, yeah, if you're, if you're going to be in Florida, don't be inland. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Jacksonville doesn't even have the fresh catch. Um, or, you know, I think of like Minneapolis. Like, but then know. there's always burgers, the Juicy Lucy. I, I'm just saying, like, these, yeah. are, these are cities without their own brand of food you know what right. i mean like you're going to southern california you know what to get you're yeah. going to texas you know what to get go to the northeast you know what to get there's some places that are sort of a non-unique food deserts in this country trust me i've been to many of them <laughs> as a vegetarian i've eaten some some strange plain things along <laughs> along the roads of this country <laughs> 
All right, Benny, because we can't go from cold takes to hot takes, it is time for our don't fuck this up person or thing of the week. Look at us. Look at us. Huh? Who would have thought? Not me. And the last thing I said to him, I said, look, man, don't fuck this up for me. Don't fuck it up. Fix, 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 All right, so, yeah, uh, don't fuck this up person of the week. All right, Benny, who you got? Well, I don't know if you heard, the uh, dunk competition roster has been set. And we have uh, some great competitors. I'm most excited to see Aaron Gordon because his last showing was quite incredible. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if you heard, but your boy, which I'm going to say, since you're a Marquette alumnus and, and Pat Connaughton guy. plays for the Bucks. That's a rival. And a you're r- white. So I'm just putting this all together. I figured, I just, I don't know. I just figure you for a Pat Connaughton guy. Am I uh, wrong? You, you would be wrong. <laughs> okay. So, you know, he's in it. And, and I would be remiss to say there haven't been many uh, white uh, participants in the slam dunk competition. And most, especially in recent memory, have been Fairly embarrassing. We had an awful showing by Birdman, Chris Anderson. Rough showing by Mason Plumley. Rough showing by Chase Budinger. I don't know if you remembered. He had an appearance in the slam dunk competition. And you have to go all the way back to, to your Rex Chapmans or Brent Barrys, who, who actually won one, to, to, uh, <laughs> to, to have a, a white showing in the dunk competition worth a damn. Now, Pat Connaughton is a very great athlete. He was drafted uh, by the Orioles in 2014. Uh, you know, very athletic guy. You can do all sorts of things, a high flyer. But I'm a little nervous. And please, Pat, just don't fuck it up. You know what I mean? Let's keep this going a little bit. Yeah, he's not exactly the one on the Bucks that I would assume as the big-time dunker. What, Kyle Korver? <laughs> My don't fuck this up person of the week is Oliver Luck and the XFL. And Benny, the XFL returns this week, and I'm having a hard time understanding who in the world is asking for this. <laughs> if you're going to be the WWE and the entertainment value you get with it, that's awesome. I'm here for it. But they tried that last time, and it didn't work, and now they're trying to package it as a legitimate football league run by Vince McMahon. Mm. And when has Vince McMahon run anything legitimate? No, I digress. No, yeah. People like the NFL. People like college football. But I don't think that people will tolerate a minor league that is a little wacky. And the other thing, who the heck is going to show up at MetLife Stadium or any of these other cold weather cities in late winter to support a team they have no connection to? So long story short, XFL, you have one more shot at this. Don't fuck it up. They still doing that kickoff? Funny kickoff where you you run to the 50-yard line? That was the one thing about the XFL I liked. They've eliminated the kicker. They've just, they've like right. eliminated it. Right. Like, like you have to go for two. Oh. That was one thing I liked. They used to place the ball on the 50-yard the line and had two guys sprint from either side to the ball to determine the kickoff. But I think they also determined that that is possibly the worst thing you can do yeah. to concuss somebody. <laughs> so I don't know if the XFL is uh, taking zero interest in brain injuries, probably. All right, Benny, first topic. As we said before, the Kansas City Chiefs are champions for the first time in 50 years. The Chiefs, who all year have been led by 2018 NFL MVP quarterback Patrick Mahomes, were held in check for three quarters by that 49ers pass rush. We talked about that two weeks ago, how that would be a factor. And this really neutralized the Kansas City speed at wide receiver. And boy, do they have some good ones out on the flank. But the 49ers could only contain Mahomes for so long, and the quarterback's rising reputation as perhaps, maybe, the best quarterback ever. It, it could happen. Received a major boost after he won his first Super Bowl. He finished the game 26-42 of 42 for 286 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. Mahomes also had a, a rushing TD in there on his way to winning Super Bowl 54 MVP. Benny, I've kind of laid it all out there for you. What do you think the ceiling is for this 24-year-old quarterback? I mean, at this point, there is none, right? Yeah. I mean, the ceiling's as high as, as, as anyone there has ever been. I mean, at this point, you watch that game yesterday, and the first three quarters, you know, you think he's neutralized. You think they figured it out. Oh, this is the same kind of swarming defense that once, you know, took out Tom Brady, that once took out Aaron Rodgers. You know, that's these... Uh, and and it and it often works, mm. but what happened yesterday was the the great players are determined 
when offenses break down, when systems break down, and they're forced to just make plays and be better than other people on the field. And the fourth quarter was that very explicit tell of Jimmy G versus Pat <laughs> Mahomes when, when the systems broke down for those quarterbacks and when they were asked to do spectacular things. You know, uh, Jimmy G had a chance to catch Emmanuel Sanders out in the flat. He overthrew him and took a sack on fourth down. Pat Mahomes got out of the pocket and threw 44 yards to Tyree Kill. And that was like the game-changing situation. So uh, it's as high as, as anyone's ever been. I mean, the guy has played 36 games total mm. in the NFL. <laughs> He's 24 years old, regular season MVP, Super Bowl MVP. He'll still be 25 by the time the next season starts. And then... He's also on still a very team-friendly deal where they can keep the pieces around him and keep the weapons going, keep Chris Jones on the defense, who I think, you know, if they had advanced analytics for football, you know, Chris Jones could have been the MVP of that game yesterday. Right. Um, so so ceilings is a, I don't know, I don't, I don't see the ceiling at this point. And I think you brought up a very interesting point about his his contract, and I think his income and all, all of that is going to play a major part into how much uh, he could potentially win. Because, I mean, if you look at a... And I'm not saying it's a similar situation, but if you look at uh, the Seahawks in, mm-hmm. in the er- yeah. early stages of Russell Wilson, I mean, like, how many Super Bowls did people think he was going to win? Sure. And then, you know, it was time to pay the piper, and he got his money, and then the team around him kind of suffered a little bit from that. So I think... For the next few years, heck yeah, it's it's wide open real estate for the Kansas City Chiefs on the highway to the Super Bowl. But I think for the long-term prospects, but also with all of that said, he is, what, 14 years younger than Tom Brady? Yeah. So if he plays, heck, another 10 years, like he's still got a lot of road in front of him, and it's going to be exciting to see. And I hope for a duration of that, we get Patrick Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson because I just think if they both can stay healthy and athletic, yeah, that'd be a sure. fun matchup for years to come. Works for me. <laughs> I'll, I'll watch that game over and over again. All right, so we'll touch on more on the Super Bowl a little later in top of the fold. We'll get the J-Lo Shakira. We'll do all of the fun stuff. But I want to get back to the hardwood, our home away from home, mm. if you will. And last week, the player pool for the All-Star Draft was announced. And we'll draft our teams in just a sec. But let's talk about snubs, baby. Let's talk about you and me, Benny. Benny, who is your biggest <laughs> snub from each conference? Well, uh, I have one of the bigger ones in the East. I got Bradley Beal. And as always, I don't like doing this exercise unless you're willing to chop. Yeah, let's Okay, chop. you got to chop. You got to take people out. You got to take someone out if you want to add somebody in. So in the Eastern Conference, I got Bradley Beal over Kyle Lowry. Now, Beal He's- is averaging 28.6 a game. He would be the first player in in something 20, 30 seasons to average that amount and assists without being a member of the All-Star team. I think the thing that's happened with him, he, he does have very poor defensive metrics. But if you're watching Washington play every day, they're uh, uh, overperforming, staying in games. The way that they figured out how to even compete this year was just to shoot an inordinate amount of threes which obviously leads to long rebounds and and putting yourself in a bad position to defend anyway. So I think the way they're playing and the kind of workload he has to take on is a big reason why his defensive metrics are so down. I do think Bradley Beal can actually defend. He just doesn't have a whole lot of, (laughs) you know, impetus to this season. Um, Larry's shooting 41%. He's under 20, 20 points a game. Obviously he's, he's a solid defensive player and he's, you know, the glue of that team in a lot of ways. Mm. But at this point, I, I see him as the like fourth offensive option on that team. I see uh, not as important of a role. I could see other people slipping into that role and it being fine. And him getting in just for an argument I've heard you make, which is the fact that a team that's in second place in the conference has to have two all-stars, Yeah, which I don't think is correct. Okay. Are we going straight to the West or we want your East? I'll give my... East first, but I just want to know if you still have that opinion after hearing from a Bradley Beal's girlfriend and his agent. I See, so Bradley Beal's girlfriend, in essence, criticized everybody and their brother for not 
putting Bradley in the in, in the All Star game. And listen, I don't want to hear from you. She had the opportunity to vote with every other fan. She's not a media member. She's not a coach. She's not watching game film or doing all that stuff every single day. I get it. It's nice. You're defending your man. I, I congratulate you from a relationship level. But when it comes to this, it's like, come on. Like, your opinion is just as good as an egg on Twitter. What do you think, though? I mean, you got to recognize the possibility that Brad was subtweeting through his oh. girlfriend. You know what I mean? Like, like I don't want to make this tweet myself. Yours will catch fire. Let's just go through that through that channel. He could be pulling some KD ghost account kind of shit with his girlfriend. I didn't appreciate his agent making a statement, yeah. and I don't think that bodes well for their clients in the future and stuff right. like that. Like, just it's an ugly look. Yeah. You know what I mean? The same way you see Jackson Hayes crying about not being <laughs> oh, the rising man. sun. I'm like, come on, son, you're never gonna get voted for shit again with that attitude. So in the East, I'm gonna go with Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah. And if you follow the precedent that people in the league and the media set out for how you should go about these things, Trey Young shouldn't even be allowed in Chicago Ugh. on All-Star Sunday Ugh. night. Saturday night, Rising Star is fine, but Sunday, grab your Pertillos and get back to Atlanta. But the Pacers are tied for the fifth best record in the Eastern Conference and only have one player in the game compared to the Sixers, who are in sixth, and have Embiid and Simmons, who don't even play well together when they're supposed to. If they're on the same team in an All-Star game, forget about it. Anyway, the Pacers need to have two in this game, and it can be argued that the reason that Indiana isn't fifth is because Brogdon picked up his game in the absence of Victor Oladipo, averaging 17 points, seven assists this year. So let's be consistent and have some guidelines on what's an All-Star and actually stick to them. I mean, in reality, you could have taken out Sabonis for Bradley Beal, too. Oh. <laughs> so you want no Indiana. The flyover state. I'm just saying. Aggregate this, Listen, folks. Benny Horowitz is against the flyover you know what, state. You know what I'm into? I'm into Trey Young at All-Star Weekend. That's what I'm into. Because I just want to watch that motherfucker play in a game that means nothing and is supposed to entertain me. You know what I mean? I don't want to watch... Uh, uh, ben Simmons backing people down the whole time. You just want to watch Elder Bards play basketball. That's I right. get it. That's right. <laughs> All right, Benny, who in the Western Conference do you have? You know, I've heard a lot of uh, Devin Booker in this one, and I know I just made a case for Bradley Beal's defense not meaning much. Devin Booker's defense means shit. Hmm. Sometimes I literally, I'm like, I'm not going to make one of these statements because if for some reason that guy heard me and called me out, obviously I'd look like the biggest <laughs> idiot ever. But I, I mean, there are times he just looks so lost in defense. I feel like you could get around him. <laughs> I'm going to say you. I'm, I'm nominating you. Then he's <laughs> never seen me hoop in my life. And yet thinks I suck. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, so, I mean, but John Morant, he's leading a bunch of kids in a, an extremely stacked Western Conference. No one expected them to be anywhere near the playoffs, and they're sitting pretty comfortably in the eighth seed right now with, besides for, for Joe Val, o only kids on that team um, and people who are uh, massively overachieving. And also, if you look at the numbers for Ja, it doesn't tell the whole story. That guy is as uh, Jason Kitty of a ball player right. I've seen in a long time. He does... I heard Jalen Rose say it about about John Morant, and this is the. Per it looks like that guy has just played a lot of basketball, and not AAU, not this. It looks like he's just a guy who just plays anywhere, anytime, plays the exact same way, and I love watching him. And I would take him over Russell Westbrook, who is one of my favorite players. I'm not an anti-Russ guy at all, but in a season like this, it's it's kind of a classic case of compiled stats to me. Russell is averaging 26 points a game on 22 shots a game, nearly five turnovers, three-point percentage of 23% at over four attempts. I mean, this is, like, cripplingly bad mm. uh, as far as that goes. And I also, when you watch the flow of that team, I could just as easily see the Houston Rockets being a very good team with, with a game manager instead of a Russell Westbrook. I could see if they had a, a, just a functional, moving around kind of point guard, how good that team can be. And yes, they were probably better off with Chris Paul. <laughs> so I got John Morant over Westbrook in the West. So I kind of built criteria with my first answer, and it would be hypocritical not to stick with it. So I'm going to go with Paul George. Okay. And I know he hasn't played a lot of games, but this year he's averaging 23 points, six rebounds, 
three assists, shooting a tick under 40% from three. Uh, his defense has probably been the best it's been in his career. And the fact that the the Clippers are so high up in the West and they're only going to have Kawhi there is a real travesty. So Paul George should pack his bags and be heading to Chicago. Now, throwing in this wrinkle of who he would take out. I mean, as a Paul George fa- tough, fantasy yeah. owner this year, I uh, I really resent what you're saying because <laughs> if he was if he was playing enough to really help the Los Angeles Clippers, would my team be seven and eight? No, it wouldn't. People are going to hate this, but that's fine by me. I would take out the feel-good story of all-star Brandon Ingram. Your team just trying to get into the playoffs. Wait until Zion rises you to the proper level of an all-star, and then you can both go to all-star 2021. Yeah, I'm not sad about you cutting Brandon. He would have been my next. All right, Benny. Now's the time that we've all been waiting for. Let's get real. Let's draft these teams all right so to properly do this we shall flip a coin hopefully the mics pick this up if not i told you you got to do the uh, lord of the rings ring and, drop. and, and i'm not sure what co- so we're using a penny benny is sitting here benny is flipping all right so heads is lebron tails is Giannis. yeah heads okay. lebron tails is Giannis. we are heads all right so after a brief review <laughs> turns out Benny's got the first pick, Team LeBron. I, I'm Giannis. Was kind of pulling for that to begin with, with, with the second pick. Benny, you've got the slate of available players ahead of you. You already have LeBron James. Who is your first pick? Luka Doncic will be joining LeBron James on my team. With the second pick, Team Giannis will take Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis, going big, going big. I need shooters. Give me Damian Lillard. With my next pick, I'm going to take James Harden. James Harden. Not a bad basketball player. (laughs) All right. What do we need? What do we need? I need a little ball handling, rebounding. Give me Ben Simmons. He wants Simmons. I got to go with Kawhi Leonard. I know that's a lot of size, but I got got to go with Kawhi here. That's shaping up to be a slow (laughs) all-star team, my friend. A slow one. Give me Bam Adebayo. To recap. You have LeBron, Luka, Lillard, Simmons, Bam Adebayo. I have Giannis, Davis, Harden, Kawhi. Then I'm going to take Donovan Mitchell here with my next pick. Finally, an athlete. Jesus. (laughs) Uh, Just because I need to see him. I need the excitement in the air. I know I have a lot of ball handlers. Give me Trey Young. You want Trey Young. I want him. I want him. He should have been the last pick of this overall thing. My boy. All right, with the next pick, I am going to take Giannis's boy, Chris Middleton. I need some mm-hmm, shooting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The man who does it all. I want Jimmy Butler. Oh, you took my guy. You took you took Marquette's own. Bam and Butler together in the All-Star game. I need game. it. I need it. All right, I'm going to grab Russ. I'm not into taking bigs in my All-Star competition. <laughs> yeah. I watch a lot of basketball. One of the best bigs to move around the court and not slow down the offense would be DeMontis Sabonis. I need a few boards. Give me DeMontis. Oh, wow. Sabonis off the board here. All right. I'm going to grab uh, Kemba Walker. Yeah, that's a nice one. He's going he's gonna to put up. He's going to put up. Hate to do it. Hate to do it. <laughs> Jason Tatum. Give me Tatum. Tatum is off the board. I need size. I need shooting. All right. So just to kind of recap here. Benny's Team LeBron, it's LeBron, Luka, Damian Lillard, Ben Simmons, Bam Adebayo, Trey Young, Jimmy Butler, DeMontis Sabonis, Jason Tatum. I have Giannis Antetokounmpo, Anthony Davis, James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Middleton, Russell Westbrook, Kemba Walker. And now we're kind of getting into the slow it down portion. Mm -hmm. I still think I need a little bit more shooting. Give me Kyle Lowry. Uh, Get him out of here. You can have him. Because my whole... I know you didn't want him in the uh, All-Star game to begin with, but I just have AD and Giannis hopefully not create a Ben Simmons Embiid situation where they're just running into each other down low (laughs) and try to kick it out to some shooters, and we'll see what happens. There we go. Now, I got a lot of ball handlers. As much as I want to take Chris Paul, keep that ball moving around, let's take the Joker. Let's see what the Joker can do in the middle of this offense surprising late pick coming in very surprising 
I'm a generational to... talent going nearly last in our all-star nearly draft. last nearly last that's right i think my entire offense needs a point guard or a guy to distribute it a little bit give me chris paul right here give me that state farm commercial See, see exactly your point there is the reason Kyle Lowry shouldn't be shouldn't be an all star. You you just assumed you didn't have a ball handler on your team, and you got Kyle Lowry. See, you made yeah, my you point. Took, you took Trey Young in like the top oh, half of the give draft me all so. day for an all star game. You know what I want? I want the crowd. I want excitement. You see these guys? I got only guys who can get to the rim. That's what I need. Yeah, now, but what good does it if they get into the belly of the Giants and they just get so, their stuff swatted away? Based on a new all-star format, yeah, I need one player for the fourth quarter when we actually need to make stops. Give me Rudy Gobert. Oh, Gobert. But he's only playing in the fourth quarter. He's not touching <laughs> the floor until the fourth when I need when I need uh, some uh, real basketball to actually start happening. I'm, I'm sure Frank Vogel is going to listen to that. My team is being led by Nick Nurse this year. Though, though after an impressive 10-game stretch here, it was looking like it was going to be Eric Spolstra and the staff for a little bit. All right, so who is left here? Surprisingly, Embiid's still on the board. Not going to go that way. Give me Pascal. <laughs> okay, that's... Not, not sure how much he's going to play. I forgot he's still out there. I like having Pascal Siakam on my team. All right, I just don't need any more centers. Take Brandon Ingram, but... You're not going to touch the floor, kid. <laughs> Two minutes. Two minutes. He's going to get about as much playing time as he will next year when yeah. Zion's fully yeah, healthy yeah. and they start building a team around him. All right. So, wait. So it's, it's looking like this is the last pick of the draft. I really don't have any other options but to go with. This makes me so happy. I can't. This makes I love me so it. happy that it. Joel Embiid is oh, the last the pick last of the pick 2020 of the NBA All-Star draft joel Embiid, hop on team Giannis. listen if there's two guys out of all of these picks that can just go ahead and functionally shoot threes <laughs> out of the game it would be joel Embiid and russell westbrook those two could just decide plus to i have chris paul so you know yeah. there's gonna be some sort of fight if my team's most likely to start yeah. the melee at the if know, either so. russ or joel decides to get pig-headed and shoot <laughs> six threes in that game you're you're done you're done all right so let's look at Let's run down Team LeBron. We have LeBron James, Luka Doncic, Damian Lillard, Ben Simmons, Bam Adebayo, Trey Young, Jimmy Butler, DeMontis Sabonis, Jason Tatum, Nikola Jokic, Rudy Gobert, Brandon Ingram, Ugh. my team, Team Giannis. We have Giannis Antetokounmpo, Anthony Davis, James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Middleton, Russell Westbrook, Kemba Walker, Kyle Lowry, Chris Paul, Pascal Siakam, Joel Embiid, you know, I... Uh, team sounds a little slow to me. I mean, I... Sound a little slow, a little clunky. As our resident Laker fan over here, resident meaning that you pine for them all the time, you see how much AD gets up the court when Listen, he's playing I don't with know if you know this. They're not going to be running a lot of pick and roll in the All-Star game. <laughs> I don't know if you know this. No, I, I like the idea. I mean, I'm super curious in this kind of team what role Kawhi plays. Yeah, well, he no, he's going to be load management. <laughs> so i i kind of gouged on Kawhi a little bit too early in this i was very surprised that you took bam so high i know uh our miami contingent of listeners is gonna love that because See, they're you took bam out of bio uh, ahead of jimmy which i think is I, a little high. i did and this is why is because i'm looking at the bigs in uh in our draft pool here yeah. and i need someone who can get around the court not slow down the offense, can pass a little bit. And my first two bigs are Sabonis and Bam, who, who completely fit that profile. I don't have any log jams on my team. This is a fluid offense, Denny. <laughs> now, if, but if they're going to try to get down the court and dunk, I'd rather have a bunch of guys that can send that into the third row. And you can email us in which one of these teams you think would win in an actual game at the tuneup podcast at gmail.com, or you can DM us, Twitter us, all that stuff at the tune-up HQ. So we want to hear what you think, which team you think would actually win an actual game. Uh, bumble we'll us? What? Bumble? What's a bumble? That's a new one, right? That's a dating app. Oh, that's I mean. a dating one? I can't, I can't be on there So anymore. people can't bumble us? I mean, I mean... Can they Tinder us? <laughs> then he's trying to get me in trouble can here. They, I'm in a great relationship right now. Can they J-date us? <laughs> you can LinkedIn us if you want. <laughs> All right, Benny, we've reached the halfway point of the podcast, which means it's time for our dollar slice take of the week. 
So I played a show this Saturday. Yeah. Had a, uh, a bar in Jersey City called FM, bar venue that, that has done a lot of cool shows over the last few years. And sadly, they're closing. And uh, we played the last show ever there. Actually, the last set ever there because we headlined. And uh, the promoter of their show, very nice guy named Dancing Tony, does a lot of stuff around here. As a sound guy who works there, and as, as part of the, uh, the um, I don't know, what would you call it, the highlights of, of taking this place out in style, they decided to, to have a mini guitar and light it on fire. And they did it once. It went out quickly. I was like, okay, that's good for Instagram. And then about 45 minutes later, with crowd of people here, very hot, very tight environment, uh, high probability for danger. I've been in a lot of shows. Homeboy comes up again and lights the guitar on fire. There's drips of fire coming down. Uh, my buddy Colin, who actually listens to this show, is a volunteer fireman. Me and him are eyeing, coming up with plans, <laughs> both holding bottles of water. I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to take uh, Jared's head that's on top of uh, his cabinet. And my plan was to take the head, throw it through a window, and lead people out. I mean, I was getting pretty far ahead of myself here, right? So... This guy was unilaterally kind of, he's a very nice guy and a good sound guy, but he made a mistake here. This is not a good move, very stupid, and it could have gotten bad. So the thing I was thinking for a dollar slice is, I've seen a lot of people act out at bars. I've seen a lot of people act out at restaurants. What about like a bad move timeout? So, so you take like the reading of the room, you kind of shut down the bar, and someone goes, all right, we're going to vote on this guy who just did this. And if he's voted to have done something that deems this, you are put in like a timeout box in the bar for about 10 minutes, probably where you can be seen. So you can be maybe uh, uh, showered with ridicule while you're there or also maybe giving the person like a uh, like a 30 minute drink pause where they're not allowed to order another drink for 30 minutes, like some kind of penalty that we can put on someone in a public forum. It's almost like bar socialism. <laughs> What do we feel about this? I like it. I like, well, I mean, I think you know at this point that any form of public shaming, as long as I'm not involved, is a great way. But Shame. I think getting thrown out of Shame. a bar is uh, public shaming in it itself. That's but true. you know how like a lot of times, well, in some establishment, there may be like a lucite cube. You kind of just put like the person in like like a quarantine yeah. and that whole kind of thing. And they're just on display. Heck, even elevate it. Yeah, but that that may make acting out glamorous. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that was my only bad side to this. I'm like, before you know it, people are going to use this box for any number of terrible displays <laughs> that that will happen soon. So that's why I think the drink timeout might be a more functional yeah, idea. Exactly. My dollar slice take is one that really hits close to home, mainly because it involves parking and it involves Jersey Ugh. City. I feel I feel like I've talked about this again. So hear me out. I feel like if you live somewhere. I feel the spots in front of your building mm. should, you know, you should have first right to these spots. Now, how you go about kicking people out of these spots, I think could get a little dicey. But I feel like if, say, say this apartment building has like seven units, each unit gets one spot. So you have seven spots for the seven units. Uh -huh. And if someone is parking there for more than two hours, you can have them towed. Okay, I will hate that if, if I don't get one of the spots in front of my building, but I know the first time I, that there is a car in one of these spots, and if there's a two-car family, and they take up more than that spot, I'm going to be furious when my car gets to it. So, I mean, quickly, the reason I stood up during your point right. was to count the number of cars in this block. Yeah. Currently, there are 16 cars parked in this block. Yeah. We are in a building with seven units alone. Yeah which could have one to two drivers apiece. Right. And now I'm looking at it uh, across the street at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight buildings, all with looks like four separate occupancies apiece. So you're already about 40 <laughs> spots short just for your block. Yeah. And this isn't even that built up of no, a block. No, it's not. So, so right off the bat, uh, it cannot work. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, dollar slice take. Oh man! And no, listen, nobody's dealt with. I've been living in this town a long time, and I've dealt with the JCPD many, many, many times. Um, 
And as much as I like your idea, yeah, it can't happen. Yeah. Can't happen. Uh, I'm sorry. I can dream. <laughs> All right. We've reached the bottom half of the podcast, which means it's time we go to the top of the fold. All right, Benny. So yesterday in South Beach, while a lot of the sports world's attention was on the 49ers and the Chiefs. Everybody else was concerned about the halftime show. Mm -hmm. J-Lo, Shakira, 12 minutes of pure whatever descriptive word you want to use. It was that. Awesome. It was very inspiring. It was. It was great. It was great. And I want to know this question. Now, you've played a lot of shows. You've played a lot of concerts. Jennifer Lopez yesterday Mm -hmm. brought up her her daughter on stage to sing with yes, her. Yeah. Is there any universe where when your kids are older that you would bring them up on stage and be like, it's the family band? I've thought about this a lot yeah. since you brought this up. <laughs> it's a very interesting question. First off, I'd like to credit JLo for being 50 years old right. and doing what she did. Amazing. Apparently, my wife told me it was about eight to 10 hours of makeup, something intense <laughs> like that to get it done. But just even like, the same way in like a Tom Brady way, I just want to know what she eats, yeah, and what she sleeps in, and, and stuff her like that. Yeah, like what? What are you doing? I want to do that. You know what I mean? Basically, yeah. because it's incredible. Um, now, it's first off, it's complicated because it's someone else's family, right? Right. So, so if someone's not like beating their kids, ill treating their kids, like something really obvious kind of up to them and it's kind of a situation that like it's difficult to say what's absolutely correct and what's not it would be my instinct to imagine that it's better for a long-term career and building a fan base to do it away from your parents shadow um you know you're not only uh setting sort of a landscape with a whole lot of pressure you're also setting a landscape with with sort of pre-built expectations based on their work. So, so you know, whether you like it or not, if you're a female singer who's J-Lo's daughter and you're presenting yourself as such, you will be compared to her voice, her songs, her legacy and career maybe the entire time, which um, for a lot of artists, I don't think is the way they want to do it. Uh, you know, you're under that wing, which means that you're writing that narrative. And, and if we're learning anything from certain people is that you can kind of control your narrative a little bit and a little better these days. So, but we're also talking about the child of Mark Anthony and Jennifer Lopez, right. which Insane. like, yeah, and, and, you know, this is somebody who, whether they liked it or not, was probably going to have a semi-public profile this day and age if they chose to or not. And, and with that being said, um, you know, that could be the way, like, LeBron has been criticized for the way he handles Bronny. Mm. And the fact that he's not allowed any interviews, he's not a, a public at all, but there's a documentary crew following Sierra Canyon basketball team hired by LeBron, and he's basically like owning all of his own child's content, which you could take that in many different right. ways if that's good or bad. But the idea that the content is going to be bought, chewed up, sold, and public anyway, and you want to control the flow from the ground up, I can see that. But the one thing to, to recognize, too, is the fact that if you're Mark Anthony and JLo's kid... You also have an opportunity to be completely solo and on your own. And just the hookups alone could get you to where you want to be. You know what I mean? Like without using the public push, just the people they know, the people who owe them favors, the people who want to like put their noses in J-Lo and Mark Anthony's assholes, which I'm sure is a plenty. Um, You know, they'll be like, oh, put my 11-year-old on tour with this person. You know, maybe uh, put them in the producer with this. Give them... Mm. Uh, this songwriter's songs. You know, like, there are a lot of ways that they can help without using the uh, public profile. But, like I said, my kid is not going to be in the same standard because I'm the drummer of a marginally popular rock and roll band. Uh, and uh, it just doesn't hold the same kind of weight. Right. But 
you know, what's, what's funny about this is like, maybe they're smart, you know, and, and sometimes the longer I get into this business and the longer I see who is successful is like a lot of the people who decide to like keep it real and do things the right way, uh, you know, kind of like die unknown and broke. Mm. And it's the people who like use every ounce of opportunity that they have when they have it who seem to get more famous. But uh, one other thing I'd like to talk about with this is also it's just like a parenting thing in general that I've run into a lot since I had kids is you read these books, blogs, there's a million people telling you how to raise your kids these days. And they don't often talk about the fact that kids are just wildly different. And even in the same family, a brother or sister, like who are born of the same people in the same situation can just be wildly different. Some can handle a lot more than others. Some cannot. Some need to be handled with kid gloves. Some can't handle certain pressures. Uh, have a you know maybe some social problems, things like that that just like can contribute to this in a lot of ways. So, if uh, we're talking about a kid who who could be crippled by that kind of pressure, I mean we've seen that story play out a hundred times in real life Hollywood you know, documentaries or whatever, what happens to, to, to kids who don't want to be there, who are forced to be there, who are forced to play a role they're not ready to be yet. But I've also seen 10-year-olds who are like, come on, <laughs> I'm, I'm exactly who I am and I have so much confidence and like I could do anything, you know? And that kid, maybe you should just try to make that kid fucking famous from the get because like they're trying to do it themselves, you know? Yeah. So... Uh, as always, it's a it's a topic with a lot of minutia and gray area, which I know is not popular for hot takes. <laughs> but um, I think a lot of it has to do with just like, you know, uh, the parents and being conscious parents yeah. and uh, focused on your kids enough to be able to determine if it's healthy or not. And if it is, yeah, like, fuck it. Go make them faint. Like, they'll probably want it anyway, you know? Yeah. And I think with this in particular, like, especially if, like, they want it, I'm completely for this. And I think an interesting case study for this is, you know, like, Jaden and Will Smith, the daughter of Jada and Will mm -hmm. Smith. And, I mean, they've stated that, that a music career is something that they want. Will obviously started as a, a rapper and I'm sure has a ton of people that owe him favors. Couple. And they're doing whatever they can to help their kids reach their dream, which I think is all you can do. So if Jennifer Lopez's daughter wants this and wants to start now, welcome to the world. Now you're in it. That's right. All right, Benny. So one of the more popular Super Bowl commercials yesterday was with Bill Murray celebrating Groundhog Day. A Groundhog Day commercial on Groundhog Day. Probably the best one. Yeah, exactly. One of them. Yeah. Uh, and we can get into that if you want about some of these commercials. But what I wanted to talk about right now, people don't celebrate Groundhog Day. Probably hasn't been a popular holiday really since that movie came out. I think it's, it's more of like a school thing. Like I haven't really heard many people talk about it since I graduated from like middle school. Yeah. And long before uh, that Bill Murray commercial aired, Adam Schefter had probably my favorite tweet of Super Bowl Sunday. He was like, breaking, punks of Tony Phil did not see his shadow this Groundhog Day morning, per sources, I wonder what those were, <laughs> signaling that an early spring is ahead. You got a text from Brian Doyle Murray. <laughs> Maybe this question is a little tongue-in-cheek, but in this era of, of global warming and climate change, should we really be celebrating an early spring? Uh, well, first off, I'm not falling for it, okay? <laughs> this is one thing. I, I, I'm, I'm, this isn't my first rodeo, my first trip around the sun. I'm on my 39th Northeastern winter, and this has happened before. And all of a sudden, people are breaking out their open-toed shoes and their shorts <laughs> and their pastels, and then the first week of March comes, and it's, it's fucking snow. ice paradise. <laughs> And everyone's like, ah, what happened? I'm like, it's still winter, you douchebag. You shouldn't have put your thermals away yet. Uh, so I would like people to just slow your roll. It's still uh, remember what it is, which is a fucking groundhog ceremony in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. It doesn't really actually mean anything. Um, <laughs> but I would like to say I did live through Hurricane Sandy in Jersey City. 
which was a different event than if you like live out in the suburbs or something because you know people were being evacuated at basement apartments it's a very low-lying flood zone and it's a city which just changes things and i did watch people nearly start to kill each other very shortly after the power went out so uh I do think there's some truth if the big wave is coming to maybe buy some property inland. I think that might suit suit people well. Uh, and I also did recently read the new, uh, you know, very rich business people apartments that they build down by the water. They're now building with um, a generator supply that basically could clip the power in this building for 10 days. And every resident of the building can still keep a refrigerator on. Uh, power their phones, do any number of low-level electricity. Uh, FEMA currently tells you to prepare for three days. The rich people are preparing for 10. So I would just like to warn the common folk, as you and I, to maybe maybe get a decent go bag just in case. Because, you know, the idea that, it's, that it can't happen, I don't know. Probably won't, but it could. I'm going, where, where, you got any friends out in Wisconsin we can oh, go to? Wisconsin, Chicago, yeah, I yeah. mean, I mean, maybe, but, but they're all on lakes too, I mean, there's oh, like, like no. the rising, take me away from the water, rising lake level, wait, so are we, so, so say it's like 10 years from now, we're still doing this podcast, okay, are we doing, what city are, oh, <laughs> are we doing it from Kansas City, Kansas? No, I, I think we'd probably have to go to the High Plains. Uh, I'm thinking, you know, I had a lovely time in Santa Fe, New Mexico oh, this summer. okay. And it sits at about 7,000 feet. So, so yeah, maybe Santa okay. Fe. It's quite nice. All right, we're running out of real estate on the podcast, which means it's time for the Tune Up Mailbag. You've got mail. All right, Benny, this comes to the Tune Up Podcast at gmail.com. This comes from Eddie Easterbrooks. He says, hey, Benny, Eddie here, former... Side one, dummy sales guy, loving the new podcast. Well, thank you very much. Thanks, Eddie. Just wanted to reach out and tell you how much I appreciate your perspective. Your empathy and awareness are really refreshing and inspiring. He's referring to the Kobe Bryant episode. Go back and listen to that if you hadn't. I've enjoyed hearing your take on a number of things over the years, from morning conversations in the parking lot of side one, before you guys hit the studio, to the blog, Insomniac poets, that's 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 the insomniac <laughs> thing that I yeah, always yeah, yeah. bring up in the open to going off track. And now the new podcast, please keep it up. Thank you so much. Uh, not sure why I feel like writing this now. Probably the Kobe episode and how much I related to your sadness and self-reflection on that sadness. Anyway, I look forward to weekly tune-up and hopefully more going off track. And, and be sure, please, to go listen to Benny's Going Off Track. It's great. Signed, Eddie. Well, thank you so much for that. That's awesome. Eddie, good-ass guy. You know, it was fun. It was like, so early in the days when we would have to spend some time in L.A., uh, you know, doing a show or doing some recording or something like that. You know, we weren't trying to pay for hotels. So at one point, Sidewind Dummy was nice enough to buy us four air mattresses and we would just sleep in the office. Uh, wow. Yeah. And uh, just find some weird spaces in the office. And those guys would show up in the morning and turn on the lights and we would just be rustling around, you know, in our air mattresses. And I always remember Eddie was a, like the only one in like a sea of, uh, you know, rock and roll punk people. They were gave a shit about sports. Yeah. Uh, so nice. yes. Yeah. yeah. That's always, if you want to catch me in a good conversation <laughs> in the morning, let's, let's talk about basketball over coffee, you know, plenty of great reaction to our podcast last week. Uh, XMX on Twitter wrote in, uh, started to listen to the new podcast talking about Kobe Bryant on the way to work, got to work and found this on the whiteboard and it's a Kobe Bryant post and it's a quote, the most important thing is to try to inspire people so that they can be greater in whatever they want to do. Kobe Bryant. Uh, we got a ton of these messages about our episode last week. I thought it was just grateful to the overall response and, uh, a lot of people still reeling. I, I think as we get further away from it, it's still important to think about not only the Bryant family, but the other families. So thank you so much to everybody that wrote in about that. Uh, it was just fun in the midst of sadness to you know, revisit why we love Kobe Bryant. For sure. And I think something quickly to reflect on a week later is like, 
it's hard to find silver linings in the moment because you're just dealing with grief and you're dealing with that. But when you have someone who like sandwiched together such a powerful message early in their life, died so young and so tragically, especially with his daughter and all those young kids on the flight, quickly like, and you see it with music and it's one of the sadder things about music, but, but it happens all the time. This puts Kobe Bryant's legacy in a really, really unique place. Mm -hmm. And he taught a lot of people, and a lot of people took things from Kobe, and now it's gone. And I think it's going to be more immortalized than it ever could have been because of it. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I, I don't want it to be that way. He didn't want it to be that way. His family didn't want it to be that way, of course. But... If there's something that can be taken out of it, it's the fact that uh, with tragedy, people will try to find a great lesson. And luckily, in this case, the person left a bevy of lessons to learn from behind. And I think the, that's going to make the legacy even more positive and powerful as we go on. And on a kind of spooky, kind of surreal note, this uh, February 3rd is the... 61st anniversary of the plane crash that took uh, Buddy Holly, R Richie Valance, and the Big Bopper. So just kind of weird that like almost 61 years to the day, another American icon in entertainment was taken. So just an interesting thing. Uh, there's plenty of ways to get in contact with the show. Uh, you can email us and be a part of the tune-up mailbag at the tune-up podcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the tune-up HQ. You can follow him on Twitter at Benny Horowitz one, number one in your minds, number one in your hearts, number one on Twitter. I am at Denny underscore Gallagher. Benny, you got anything else here? So everybody have a great week this week and, and everybody love everybody. You have been listening to the tune-up.